when you think about a bucket and you think about filling it with stress, nutrient deficiencies, gut issues, different things like that. And then you add in a high histamine food. If that bucket's pretty full with all the other stuff, you're going to have a really hard time eating high histamine foods. So what we want to do is we want to figure out what's filling up our bucket, empty the bucket as best we can, and then you're able to start eating foods that have higher histamine levels and you can break it down easier and and tolerate it better. Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast, all about reinventing your health with safer, cheaper, more effective natural solutions and powerful lifestyle changes so that you become the CEO of your health. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder. Do you ever experience unexplained headaches or anxiety? What about irregular menstrual cycles? Does your face flush when you drink a glass of red wine? Or do you even get an itchy tongue or a runny nose when you eat bananas, eggplants, or avocados? If you answered yes to these questions, then you could be experiencing histamine intolerance. Histamine intolerance can be very frustrating because the symptoms often come out of left field, literally out of nowhere. It basically occurs when there is a buildup of histamine inside of the body. Drugs, medical conditions, the environment, nutrient deficiencies, and diet can all lead to histamine intolerance. So what is histamine? Histamine is a chemical involved in your immune system, your digestion, and your central nervous system. As a neurotransmitter, it communicates important messages from your body to your brain. It is also a component of stomach acid, which helps you break down food. Histamine's role in the body is to cause an immediate inflammatory response. It serves as a mega red flag in your immune system, notifying your body of any potential attackers. Now, antihistamines prevent this inflammatory response from happening. Histamine can cause your blood vessels to swell or dilate so that you have white blood cells quickly in the area of the attack for that infection or issue. It's part of the body's natural immune system response, and typically enzymes break down histamine so that it doesn't build up in the system. But for whatever reason, you don't break down histamine properly, it builds up and you develop what we call histamine intolerance. Now, today I am bringing on my go-to expert on this topic, Dr. Becky Campbell, to share the ins and outs of histamine intolerance and to literally give us a step-by-step blueprint for how to recognize it, because again, it comes out of nowhere, and then how to heal it naturally with food. Now, before I bring her on and have this awesome conversation, I just want to take a moment and celebrate you. Every single day, I hear from new listeners who were recommended by you via iTunes, Instagram, Facebook, even text message. And you know, it's my favorite way to share podcasts and books, literally snapping a picture and sending it off to a friend. So today I wanted to highlight one such listener. It's Elisa from Tampa, Florida that she shared on Instagram about three weeks ago. Here's what Elisa had to say. Wow, Dr. Marisa, congratulations on your 1 million downloads. I have been listening in on your podcast since the springtime, and there have been so many takeaways. I started listening in due to my endometriosis, and I was looking for a non-invasive technique or multiple techniques to address the chronic pain and discomfort I was dealing with. With your help, I added anti-inflammatory foods, supplements, and even oils to my daily habits, and my symptoms have almost subsided completely. Not every day is a great day, but most days are really good. And I don't feel the need to be on birth control to suppress my hormones. I know that's a lot of info to share, but I really want you to know how much you've changed my life in this one year. 
Thank you so much for sharing your win, Alisa. So happy to shout you out today. Such a big win. You know, if you or someone you know is dealing with endometriosis, it is painful. It's uncomfortable. One of my best friends has endometriosis right now. And I I want you to know that there are episodes on this podcast that are committed to helping you with all of the most natural ways of addressing it. I'm not going to lie. I'm forgetting right now what episode we really, really dive into that. But I want to say it was in the spring earlier in 2019. Absolutely worth finding it. Going to drmesa.com slash podcast. And we have a lot of other episodes on autoimmunity as well in case this is an area that you want to dig back into. Now, Elisa, I would love to gift you a signed copy of my comprehensive essential oil hormone solution book with a personal note from me. Just reach out to me back on Instagram or Facebook, and we will get that book sent off to you. Now, if you are listening, I know I was just talking about endometriosis, but I just want to say thank you for tuning in. As I mentioned earlier, it is all about getting you the answers that you deserve for your body. And if any of these episodes or interviews have helped in any way, let me shout you out too. You can reach out to me via Instagram, Facebook, or if it's easier, simply review this podcast on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you plug into. That way we open the door for more women who are ready to step into becoming the CEO of their health. Now let's welcome Dr. Becky Campbell to share her insights on overcoming histamine intolerance naturally. But before I do, I want to sing her praises. Dr. Becky Campbell is a board-certified doctor of natural medicine who was initially introduced to functional medicine as a patient. She struggled with many of the issues her patients struggle with today, and she has made it her mission to help patients all around the world with her virtual practice. She is the founder of drbeckycampbell.com and the author of the 30-Day Thyroid Reset and the four-phase histamine reset program book, which is just recently out. She specializes in thyroid disease, autoimmune disease, and histamine intolerance, and hopes others regain life as a functional practitioner and leveraging functional medicine. So let's bring her on to the show. Welcome to the Essentially You podcast, Dr. Becky Campbell. How are you doing today, girl? I'm great. I'm so happy to be back on the show. Me too. I am so happy to have you. And this is an area, what we're going to be talking about today is an area that I actually haven't spent a lot of time on and lots of my audience is really interested in understanding more about it. It's one of those things where when we talk about histamine, people are a little bit confused about what it, how it pertains to women's hormones, how it pertains to health in general, how it creates inflammation. I think so often we think about allergies. So we're going to be talking about overcoming histamine intolerance. And this is literally the premise of your new book, which is the four-phase histamine reset plan. So I'm super, super excited to dive into this conversation. So let's just dispel everything right now and kind of knock that first question out the gate. And by all means, if there's a story to connect it, I'd love to hear that too. But what is histamine? Can you explain this to us so that it makes sense? <laughs> so histamine is something we definitely need. Its main role is to help you get rid of allergens. So it dilates the blood vessels and causes inflammation to alert the body that there's a potential pathogen like a virus there. So it's something that is really crucial for helping us to get better. But the problem is, is that histamine and with some people, normally when we have this histamine in the body, it's broken down by these enzymes and it goes away. But for some people, they can't break down the histamine and it builds up and that's when it becomes a problem. 
Got it. And talk to me a little bit about like, why would that become a situation? Why is it that we're not able to break it down? Is there other causes and factors that are playing into this as well? Yeah. So there's two main enzymes and the one that is most talked about is the DAO enzyme and that's created in the gut. So that enzyme really, you know, has the biggest job of breaking down histamine. And, you know, we've all at this point probably heard about how many issues people have with their gut. So if this enzyme is created in the gut and we have any issues with our gut, we're not going to have enough of this enzyme. So, and this also can be a genetic factor too. Like sometimes genetically, we just don't make enough of the enzyme. So those people who have, you know, a decrease in this enzyme have trouble breaking down the histamine and that's when they start to get the symptoms. That makes sense. And why is this kind of coming up to the forefront now more than ever? Is it that we have a better sense of what is going on in the body or we, we had been, let's just, you know, so often women are having struggles and I know it happens to men and women and we start checking off the boxes. Okay. It's not this, it's not this, it's not this. Is it that we've just accumulated more research? We have a better understanding about what's going on today than we did before. Yeah, I think so. You know, I think that there, people are just baffled a lot of times by patients coming in and having all these random symptoms. And since there's uh, histamine receptors all over the body, the symptoms are really widespread. So, you know, if you go to your doctor complaining of hives, diarrhea, anxiety, vertigo, and migraines, they're going to be like, I don't know, <laughs> because it's so many random things. And I think, you know, just the more and more research that's been done on this, it's, you know, people are starting to specialize in it and people like me who've actually experienced it and had to figure out, I had to figure out for myself what it was because no doctor knew what it was. You know, I had to figure out what it was, research it, learn a lot about it and then start talking about it to other people. And so it's, it's being talked about more, still not nearly enough but being talked about more and people are starting to understand it and it's even going you know, more mainstream now at this point. Tell me a little bit about what happened with you, you know, and cause I can imagine anytime we're dealing with something, we can't seem to find the answer. That journey not only can be com- complex and can be challenging, but talk to me about some of the symptoms that were adding up for you and then how you were able to kind of see your way through it in that journey. So my journey started with a thyroid issue. You know, I was in college. I gained a bunch of weight out of nowhere. I never had an issue with weight. I was exercising like crazy, um, but I was under a lot of stress, you know, obviously medical school. And I was exhausted and had brain fog and all this stuff. And no one could really figure out what was wrong with me. Long story short, I found natural medicine. They found out I did in fact have a thyroid issue, which is now known as we know it now it's Hashimoto's disease, which is the autoimmune disease that causes hypothyroidism. And we looked deeper than that. We looked at the gut and the adrenals and all that stuff to try to help get my thyroid better. And so I got in a really, really good place. But I did notice that when I was eating healthy food, you know, really healthy food, certain foods were really bothering me. And, you know, when you find out you have a gut issue, everyone tells you to start eating fermented foods. Well, fermented foods are really high in histamine. And little did I know, I have uh, quite a few things that, that add up to make me have histamine intolerance. But I would start to get the, these tingling sensations in my scalp. 
I would flush, you know, turn red really easily. When I was exercising, I was getting really red and it would take a while for me to come back to my normal color. I started to get exercise intolerance where I was just getting exhausted and wiped out and dizzy and all this stuff after, you know, I would work out. And even as a kid, I always, you know, when I went from a sitting to standing position was very dizzy which no one could explain any of this. I started getting panic attacks and really bad anxiety that I didn't understand because I wasn't a like mentally nervous person, but my body was nervous. So I knew that there was still something more going on. And that's when I started to learn about mast cell activation syndrome, which is really the leading cause of histamine intolerance. And you know, then I started learning about what foods were high in histamine and how to cut those foods out. And then the underlying causes of histamine intolerance and how to heal those issues. And then I started to be able to reintroduce foods. And it's, this is kind of the whole premise of what I teach people, you know, how to figure out what's causing it, what foods to take out at first, then how to add them back in. And then how often can you eat them, you know, at that point. Hmm. That's a lot to unpack um, in terms of, you know, figuring out what's going on and, and what kind of foods to eat. When you're looking at your symptoms, particularly Dr. Becky Campbell, are these very similar symptoms to what you see a lot of people dealing with or addressing? Like we think about like something like Hajimoto's or, or low thyroid function. We know that there can be hundreds of different types of symptoms. Are those some of the biggest ones, ones you were experiencing that ones you see with other, other patients as well? Yeah. So migraines is really, really common. Vertigo is really common. Eczema or any type of dermatitis is really, really common. Some people get hives. Some people don't. Some people get, uh, you know, where they feel like their throat is closing up and they can confuse that with thyroid issues, obviously. In really, you know, flushing or anxiety. And it's, it's really, I think, you know, a lot of these different conditions can all tie together as far as symptoms go, but the eczema, the migraines, the runny nose, the low blood pressure, that stuff, it's, it is kind of, you know, that's not really like a thyroid thing, you know, necessarily. That's not like the main things that people come to me with thyroid issues. When I hear those issues, I think more histamine related. Got it. Okay. More histamine related than anything else. That's good to know. So let's say we have these clusters of, of histamine symptoms and it, it's starting to add up. Like someone's hearing this and they're like, oh, this is beginning to sound a little bit like what I've been dealing with. Like I have a cousin who she was having some really weird symptoms. Initially, I wasn't putting it together. And then one day, a couple of months ago, I was like, oh, this is, this is absolutely a histamine response. And doctors were not figuring it out. She kept going to doctors and I was like, do some research on, on mast cell activation and then bring this up to your doctors. And, and sure enough, there's definitely a massive component into what she's going, going through right now with that. Now that we've got the symptoms, now that we we're kind of seeing this and we're saying, huh, this kind of feels what I may have. What's that next step? Like, what do we do if we're, we're, we are thinking that this, besides getting your book girl, right? (laughs) What else do we do next? What I wanted to do with the book is make it so people could do it on their own with just the book, or they could work with a practitioner. So I literally broke it down into two different methods of doing it. So if you're doing it with just the book or reading, let's say you you don't even buy the book, you're just reading online. 
you, you're the first thing you're going to do is you're going to remove the biggest offenders. So I have a list and yes, no, maybe less. I have the people remove the, the highest offenders, which are, is the no list. And while they're doing that, you want to start working on supporting the liver because we have to support the liver in order to get really better in any kind of any issue you have, in my opinion, because you have to be effectively pushing toxins out of the body. So I always have people start, it's, that's phase one and two in the book, but I really want those phases started together. And then, you know, if you're working with a practitioner, you would start to look for the, like the gut infections and the hormone imbalance and the vitamin deficiencies, and then working on those things, getting those things better. And then you can start adding foods back in. But if you're doing it without a practitioner and you're just doing it with the diet, so you would do, you know, cut out the really big offenders then you, and, and support the liver. And then if you're not getting better within a month to two months, you would start to, there's a phase three, which is more foods to cut out. So then that's my maybe list. So they would cut out those foods. And then, you know, you want to give that some time. And then, and that's why I say one to three months. And then working on other things too that are free, you know, stress reducing techniques, which I go into a lot in the book reducing the type of intensity of exercise you're doing if you're feeling like, because when you exercise, you release histamine. So for some people, they're releasing a lot of histamine when they exercise, they can't break it down and that's really affecting them. So, you know, addressing exercise, addressing sleep, all the things that you can do for free and that can really make a big difference, you know, and thinking about what you're putting in your body, is it inflammatory, inflammation, is a big part of histamine intolerance. So it's not just high histamine foods, it's high inflammatory foods too. And I go over all that in the book. But so then once you can get your, you know, I like to look at it as I call it the histamine bucket. And anyone who follows me on Instagram or reads my blogs knows what I'm talking about. And it's basically when you think about a bucket and you think about filling it with stress, nutrient deficiencies, gut issues, different things like that. And then you add in a high histamine food. If that bucket's pretty full with all the other stuff, you're going to have a really hard time eating high histamine foods. So what we want to do is we want to figure out what's filling up our bucket, empty the bucket as best we can, and then you're able to start eating foods that have higher histamine levels and you can break it down easier and and tolerate it better. Mm, Love that. That is awesome. That makes so much sense. When it comes to histamine intolerance, Here's the question that I've, I've gotten a couple of times is that does it ever go away? You know, is it kind of like an autoimmune condition where you just have to really be on top of it at all times? It's definitely something you have to manage. I think that it's something that's hard to figure out why exactly you have it because it's not usually just one thing. So if you can figure out the different things that are causing it and you can keep those things at bay then you can really live a pretty normal life. I mean, I used to be able to eat like two things and now I can eat anything I want for the most part, but I also have like rules. I don't eat certain things because I know they're going to inflame my body. And then if I added a high histamine food on top of that, that would be a problem for me. So, and you know, like let's take avocados. So those are high in histamine, right? So do I eat avocados every single day? No. But can I eat avocados? Yeah. So it's really about what's going on with all the other things, whether or not you can, you know, you really just have to manage it. You have to 
keep working on stress, like implement stress reducing techniques, keep your exercise right. And the way you know is the way you feel after your exercise. If you exercise and you feel terrible after, you should stop doing that. I don't think you should stop exercising, period. But I think you should decrease the intensity. Learn to say no to things. You know, that is, again, a stress-reducing technique. Keep your beauty care products and your home care products clean and use essential oils, which your audience knows all about that from you. You know, all these things you can do to support your body. So if you're supporting your body the best you can and you have changed your lifestyle, that's, you know, obviously the biggest thing with any condition we talk about. It's all a lifestyle change. It's nothing is temporary. If you change your lifestyle, then yes, you can eat high histamine foods again, but you will have to always be conscious of how much you're eating and what else is going on at the time that you're adding those foods. Hmm. And when it comes to essential oils, are there specific oils that you have found to be helpful? Are these just for stress or should we be using them? Because I know some can be antihistamine producing. So are there specific oils that you recommend or? Yeah, sage is really good. I love sage. I love frankincense just because I love frankincense for (laughs) everything. Oregano is good because it's an antimicrobial. So those all kind of reduce histamine in the body. You know, anything that calms the body, like lavender, those are all good. I love it. Okay. Yeah. Lavender is a great one as well. I was thinking lavender, sage, definitely frankincense. Those were kind of my top three that I was personally considering, but I was curious because I know you had done even more research. I haven't looked at a ton of research on oils and histamines, but I did know kind of the heavy hitters. And would you say that food is the biggie here? It is. Yeah. Food and gut health. The first thing you have to do is remove the high histamine foods. You can't eat high histamine foods and then think you're going to get better. You have to take them out. Like you can't eat, you know, a charcuterie board, which is all high histamine foods and drink red wine, which is very high in histamine on the daily and do stress reducing techniques and you're going to be better. It doesn't work like that. You have to get those high, high histamine foods out of there then start working on the other things and let your body get more prepared to handle those foods. And then you can add them back in. But yeah, food is the biggest offender. And again, you know, again, gut health. Now, when it comes definitely gut health, absolutely. And I think so often when we're talking about a lot of different conditions here on this podcast, gut is always a big part and a big player there. Now, when it comes to some of these higher histamine foods, I mean, what I love is thank goodness you've got a lot of, you've got them all listed. So we're really clear on what we should give up. Do we just cold turkey, put these to the wayside for a while? And then is it ever appropriate to introduce them back in? Or should we pay attention to our body when we reintroduce them? And if our body's like, oh, uh uh-uh, we cannot have that again, then it's put to the side. Yeah. So there's on the no list, I say, get you need to take them all out now, like right away. I don't do baby steps. Like I don't, I think we're more capable of that. (laughs) You know what I mean? I just think that people are more capable of that. I think that you don't have to say, well, I'm just going to stop eating this one food for a week. And then next week, you're going to take two years to get through the list. So why not just cut out the no foods? And they're really not that difficult to cut out. You know, there's a lot of foods on the yes list. If you focus more on the yes list, and think like, these are the foods I get to eat freely, it makes it a lot easier. So yes, you do have to cut out certain foods all at once, (laughs) right away. 
And then give your body some time to heal by working on the underlying causes. And then yes, you can start introducing them back in. But like I said, there's going to be some foods that you're just never going to be able to eat again. And then there's going to be some foods you can eat sometimes. And, you know, like certain vinegars are fine. And I, I go through that in detail, but, and certain vinegars really will flare you up. And for me, one of my symptoms was I didn't have eczema, but I had like seborrhea dermatitis, which basically is like a dry skin rash type of thing in your hairline and around your nose. So for a woman, that's something you definitely don't want to walk around with, right? So anytime I would eat fermented foods or really high histamine vinegars, or let's say drink red wine, that would really flare up for me. And now it doesn't, unless I've just gone too far. Like if I've just eaten it way too many times in a row, you know, days and days and days or whatever it is, then I can start to notice like, oh, wow. Okay. Now I need to stop. But you were to go in different stages. I mean, there was a point where I couldn't, like I said, I could barely eat anything. I would get such bad vertigo. I couldn't even stand up and walk around. And now I've, I haven't even had that at all, no matter what I do. So it's really, if you can get your body healthy and you can learn these stress reducing techniques and all this stuff, you really can tolerate a lot. You change dramatically. That makes, okay, that makes so much sense. That gives me so much clarity. Another question I had is when we look at, you know, histamine intolerance, have you seen it connected to other inflammatory conditions besides gut issues? Anything else? Because I know, I know, you know, when last time I had the opportunity to, to bring you on, we were talking a lot about thyroid support. And I was curious if there was, if you saw any types, I know that you have struggled with both clearly. Um, have you seen any correlation with a histamine response and other, other issues in the body? Yeah. So definitely thyroid. I mean, I have, you know, those are the two biggest issues I work with in my practice. And I see many people who have both that when you have a decreased amount of thyroid hormone in the body, it increases your mast cells. So mast cells are what produce histamine. So if you take, let's say you take a, a gene mutation, that DAO enzyme gene mutation, and you have a thyroid issue, you're going to be producing more histamine. You're not going to be able to break it down. And then you're going to have histamine intolerance on top of, you know, autoimmune disease. So, and then there is even a link to auto, to, you know, increase mast cells and increase histamine creating autoimmune disease as well. And, you know, there, there's so many underlying causes of both that are the same. So it's no wonder that so many people have both issues. Um, okay, that's what I wanted to see if there was a, a connection there because my gut told me there very much was. Mm-hmm. Now that we've got the lay of the land, we understand the symptoms, we recognize that food's a big part of this, we recognize that gut is a big part of this, and clearly stress as well. Any Anything else that we should be mindful of when it comes to, I mean, because I feel like, again, this can be so difficult to diagnose. And then clearly once we know what it is, thank God we have a book like yours that can really walk us through the process. But anything that we've missed here that I, you feel is really pertinent to this particular concern? I think a lot of people want to know, how do they know if they have this? I'll actually give you guys a link to a PDF I created, and it basically is a free way to test if you have it rather than spending money on tests because some of the testing is really not reliable for this. 
And the best way to know is to eat high histamine foods. And you can find a list on my website for free. You can find it on my Instagram for free. You don't have to buy the book to find the list of high histamine foods, but you eat high histamine foods for a couple days to a week. And if you notice that your symptoms are getting worse, that you currently have, or you're getting more symptoms, and again, in the handout, I give you all the different symptoms of histamine intolerance because we've only touched on a few. If you notice you're getting any new ones or the ones you already have are getting worse, and then you take out those high histamine foods and you feel better, you have it. And that's the best way to know you have it. And then once you know you have it, you have to implement this plan to get rid of it or to at least you know, get it under control and, and manage it for the rest of your life. That I think is probably one of the best best pieces here is that really knowing like what it is, or if you actually have that problem, because I'm sure people are like, even though I understand these symptoms, how do I really definitively know I have this? So thank you so much for that. Okay. So where can we get the book? Where is it available? It's in all major bookstores. Um, most people get it on Amazon. I post tons of stuff on my Instagram. That's just at Dr. Becky Campbell. And, you know, I really try to, I make videos answering people's questions. I really am trying to get people to understand this issue. It's funny because I posted something the other day and I said, what is your most mysterious symptom that no one can solve? And going through the comments, I, almost every single one is a histamine related issue and people just don't know. They really just don't know. So they don't know what to do about it and they're suffering and they don't have to be. So pick up the book on Amazon and go through the plan and you should feel so much better. And then again, there's tons of articles about it on my website, which is drbeckycampbell.com. And I'm going to keep working to keep spreading the word. I love it. Thank you so much for doing this good work in the world. And one, thank you also for being a crusader. You know, so often people are dealing with issues and they're not sure what's going on. And you have always taken that step to not only figure it out, but then also create a plan to help be a part of the solution and not a part of the problem. So I just want to say thank you so much for that. Oh, thank you. And back at you. (laughs) Thank you, my dear. I'll see you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. Now, I realize that you probably don't have a histamine intolerance, but you may know someone who does, who has been trying to get diagnosed for their chronic headaches, their vertigo, dizziness, flushing, hives, fatigue, difficulty breathing, even raised blood sugar. The symptoms are all over the map, and that's because the histamines inside of the body as a neurotransmitter have a profound impact on many systems inside of the body. So if you know someone who is suffering with histamine intolerance, Dr. Becky Campbell's book is the first place to start. The four-phase histamine reset plan really maps out exactly what you need to do to get your histamine levels down and remove the symptoms for good. Now, you can find the book link in my show notes. It's also on Amazon. That's what the link's going to send you to. It's the easiest place to get it. It's going to be for episode 160, or you can go to my website, drmarisa.com slash podcast, where you will find this newest episode, and you can pull all the links up there as well. Well, thank you so much for stopping by and listening into the Essentially You podcast. I am excited, more than excited to come back on and just share one of my favorite, favorite topics, and that is how to balance your hormones with your purse. Because let me tell you, we are on the go from here to there, everywhere as women, and having those tools literally at your fingertips is such a profound way to create hormone balance and really just have you rocking your day 
every single day, no matter where you're at. So I'm excited to bring this episode back to you. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode and showing you all of my little tricks of the trade for balancing your hormones inside of your purse, no matter what purse it is. See you soon.